This is the Mentors for Military podcast. Hey everyone, Robert here. On this episode, I'm joined by Scott Johnson as a host, as well as Mike Pritz. You guys know Scott. He is the uh, owner of Veteran Owned UK, and Mike Pritz is a former Command Sergeant Major of 10 Special Forces Group. We uh, welcome Boyd Renner and uh, Bob Snee. And Boyd is a former Navy SEAL and retired CW4 uh, with 28 years as a Navy SEAL and 23 of that spent at NSWDG. You guys know them as like Dev Grew. He has multiple deployments and was on the second extraction team, as a matter of fact, to Exville Marcus Luttrell. Bob Sneed is a former Royal Marine and spent 16 years before being medically retired. Sit back and relax and enjoy another episode of Mentors for Military as we welcome the guys from Everence Life. <laughs> I, think, I think chaps by nature of chaps are assless. You know, I've always asked that question. Why do we call them assless? Is every pair of chaps is just, you know, they're all assless. But it's way, it's a funnier joke if you say assless. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, I'm Robert. The other old man with the glasses and the longer beard is Mike Pritz. Then, of course, uh, I don't know if you know this other character over here. His name is Scott Johnson. And Scott, former uh, British Army and also owns the company Veteran Owned UK. And uh, does a lot of stuff and trying to support the the veterans over in the UK. I sent you a little bit of background on all of us, uh, Boyd, but I don't know, Bob, if I brought you up to speed on us. So I'm former Army, Armor, and then uh, was in the recruiting and retention, retired as an E-8. And then Mike uh, was a former CSM, Command Sergeant Major, with 10 Special Forces Group. Sent, spent most of his time there. Prior to that, he was 82nd, but just for a short stint, most of his time of his nearly 30 years was spent with uh, 10 Special Forces Group. And then I just uh, talk to you about um, Scott. First off, you guys got any questions about our background? I- no, I mean, hey, that's impressive, man. I, I, I appreciate all your guys as what you, you know, your service both before you got out and after. That's, uh, that's, that's, I, I love hearing stories like that because uh, I'm that guy, right? I got out and now that's what I'm looking for is, is mentors sort of and, and help along the way. And it, it's, it's a challenge, you know, you got to change your lifestyle from a military guy to a corporate guy. And now I'm glad there's people like you out there that help us, um, you know, guide us along the way. Yeah. I appreciate that. And back at you, you know, there, that's a, such a true story too. When you start thinking about um, the transition, I actually, not to try to promote a book or anything, but I actually wrote a book on that. It's about military transition, about the difficulty individuals have trying to get off active duty and trying to make that transition to civilian life and forgetting all those acronyms, those things that they learned and all those types of things and trying to adjust to the civilian life. And there's just not enough mentors out there that's gone through it that are willing to um, to share their story or to give up their time and to be able to help those guys. And I wish there was a better network for that. I know there's organizations and one's reached out to me, Veterati and other organizations like that that are available. But uh, I think we need more of that. I, I really do within organizations. No, I absolutely agree. And I, I know Bob probably knows this better than I do based off what he does for a living. But you got to learn how to sell yourself. You know, we all spent 20 plus years never talking about what we did or bragging or, you know, writing a resume. And then all of a sudden, the day you get that green ID card, you got to sell yourself. And it's kind of humbling. I've, I've been on social media for a total of one month now in my entire adult life, and I'm not digging it. Um, just just not comfortable with it and uh me and bob have had a beer and a bourbon being like 
dude, I just posted this stupid picture of me on Instagram, you know, and, but you got to do it. And, uh, you know what, yeah. the people that are following Mount now are, are cool as heck. And, and, uh, so it's, it helps, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'll let Bob elaborate on that. Cause I know he's got some, uh, experience in the selling section. Yeah. So I thankfully don't have to sell myself, which is a good thing. Um, I generally go in and speak to guys. Um, I work basically on my day job for, a company that works in DOD solutions. Okay. So the DOD has issues uh, in certain areas, and I go in and kind of help out with the gear and help out with with solving what it is that they've got to do. Outside of that, it, it's it is it's just going in and and I was lucky when you talk about it. I say lucky. Um, I was medically discharged, so I kind of had the band aid ripped off. So for me, it was easy in that sense. I think the, some of the guys that find it a little bit more difficult are the guys that generally creep right, out. So right. they, they just kind of almost hang around a little bit too long. My dad joined in 1966 and he left in 2010. You know, I 44 wow. years. He was kind of, he was crazy. definitely dragging it, dragging his heels a little bit and he was in the British Army. So it's, it's there's, there's definitely those times out there when, you know, you come across people that, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, how I'm going to do it. And I was fortunately or fortunate enough where I kind of fell into my job. You know, I just met someone at a wedding that knew someone that, that asked me if I wanted to do it. And, you know, it's where I am now. Well, that's a great story, but you're right. The transition part of this is much different depending upon how you were separate from the service and whether it was your desire to do so or not. And I've actually ran into individuals that had the medical background that got out on a medical discharge, and it was so abrupt they didn't have that time to actually adjust to the private sector, and they're forced into it. They're not prepared for it by a resume. They didn't do any thought process about what their passions or goals or anything are, and bam, here they are. You know, they're having to face reality all of a sudden that they're not going to have a check from Uncle Sam anymore, and they got to figure out what to do now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that was exactly me. I walked into the surgeon commander of the Royal Navy, and he said to me, um, because I came under the Navy at that time and the job that I was in, and he just said to me, thank you for your service and good luck. And I was kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Four months worth of checks and that's you. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be good uh, for both of you guys to kind of tell a little bit about your background, because I know we talked a little bit here about all of us, of course, being veterans. But, Boyd, you served, of course, in the, the Navy and along with uh, the SEALs and everything. And as I understand it, you came right in on a, off active duty or on active duty, I should say, and, and pretty much went right to Bud's not too long after that. Yeah, so uh, I was from a one-stoplight town in Colorado, literally one stoplight. We didn't need it. That's where Mike's at, by the way. Nice. Not in one uh, stoplight town. Uh, <laughs> no, he's in, he's in Colorado Springs, but I'm sorry. When yeah, you say Colorado, it made me think of Beautiful it. place. So, uh, yeah, I joined the Navy. I had to travel 60 miles to find a Navy recruiter. Um, so I found one, and I'm sitting in there just because, you know, it's like the rest of us, probably a solid C student, you know, not really good enough in any athletics. So uh, I decided to join the Navy, but I really didn't have a plan. It must have been a blessing in disguise because when I was sitting in the office there, he had a um, Navy SEAL sort of edition called the blast magazine it was it was a navy magazine that, that focused on seals and i'm like well that looks way better than being on a ship so i'll do that you know and you know god bless the the recruiter he looked at all 150 pounds of me you know colorado kid and he you know he sent me to an aviation electrician school first just to make sure i had a fallback plan and then yeah i went to buds 
And, uh, you know, two weeks into it, I remember using the payphone when those things existed, <laughs> asking my dad why the damn water was so salty, because I had no idea. <laughs> uh, I, I swam in lakes my whole life. And, uh, you know, I, it, and so he's laughing at me. And, you know, make a long story short, I'd never saw the ocean or shot a gun until I went to Bud. So um, went into SEAL Team 2 right after that. I did my four years there. Um, spent some time over in Europe in a winter warfare platoon, we called it. And uh, then I went to the command. I went to Naval Special Warfare Development Group, where I spent the next uh, 23 years um, at the unit. Um, went from E1 to E9. And uh, depending on who you ask, I either quit or I became a fake officer, uh, <laughs> became a warrant officer, and, uh, which was actually the perfect retirement plan because no one gave a rat's butt what you did during the day they thought it must be important. So I spent my last part of my career as a warrant officer walking around with a notebook, leaving early. And um, yeah, and then uh, fell right into uh, working with this company that we've uh, we've started and launched and uh, been around great individuals like Bob and Turbo. And, you know, you've probably heard of the couples, but oh, yeah, yeah, it was a great it was a great career. And, and I'm looking forward to what the next chapter brings. Can I fishtail in on that for a second, Robert? I, I just want to capture that story because we started out talking about military transition and how hard it is and how guys get into the kind of things we do, and then they've got to go out and sell themselves. But, boy, what you just said you did is you wanted to join the Navy, so you drove you know, 60 miles to find a Navy recruiter, saw what you wanted, figured out a plan on how to do it, and then followed that plan for, for 30 years in the military. And, and I think that's no different than what guys need to focus on when they transition. Um, you, you know, the, the same things, I've said this hundreds of times and I've said a lot on this podcast, the same things that make us successful in soft will make us successful in other things. It doesn't matter what we decide to do. Uh, the competence, uh, you know, the work ethic, uh, the never quit mentality, all that stuff comes to play in, in every type of profession. But but just what you said you did as a, as a high school kid, right? Uh, right out of high school is the same thing that you're doing right now and it's making you successful and it's driving your business endeavors. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, brother. Is uh, you just got to figure out what that goal is and work towards it every day. You right. know, no one's no one's going to help you. It's it's got to be you. So no, I've been very well put, man. Yeah, sounds like a simple plan, but not everybody knows how to execute it. Evidently, mm. you know, it's it's uh it's pretty much a challenge out here. And I know a lot of the people, especially in the soft community, go out and become entrepreneurs and start a business, and they think that's the route that they want to be in. But they also don't understand, or at least those who've not been in that type of community, having to earn it each day, that um, that takes a lot of hard work. It's not something that you're going to do overnight. Right. You're going to give up your family time. You're going to give up your friends. You're going to give up a lot to be able to start a, your own business. And like in your guys's case with your company that we're going to get into and talk more about and the cool things that you guys are doing but i mean you guys are having to do this in many cases while you're running and gunning at the same time on a day job and that makes it even harder too because that sucks every little bit of quality of life that you have and work-life balance out of it i mean now you're trying to do something in that that's what used to be called spare time that's true it's very true and by the way off that list of qualities you forgot stubbornness <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true <laughs> which is one of the things that's got me to where i am um so my my i hate going after boyd because my story's nowhere near as cool um so i finished school at 16 and went onto a building site like all kind of guys around my place where i grew up didn't really grow up in a particularly nice area but it was nice enough for me um i went onto a building site and then a friend of mine was going to join the air force and he wanted a, a buddy to accompany him to the, the careers office. So I went with him. 
And uh, there was this big, horrible, raw marine guy sat in the corner with a mustache that looked like it did three tours by itself. And uh, he basically, as my friend was in there doing all of his aptitude tests and all that kind of stuff for the Air Force, which is basically just learn to sign your name, the, uh, is I, he basically turned around and said to me, what are you doing here? I said, I'm here with my friend. And he said, well, you see that pull-up bar there? He's like, I don't think you could do five pull-ups. He's like, it's the basic test for the wrong reason. I don't think you do five pull-ups. And I'm kind of, you know, young, dumb, and full of cum, as they say. And uh, I just was like, well, watch. We'll see how many I can do. And I did five, probably barely, knowing me back then. And uh, and then the next thing, he was like, oh, great. Put your name on this list, thinking I'd won a prize or something like that. <laughs> and, then the, and then the next thing, I know two tickets to uh, Limston to the Royal Marines training came in the mail. And the next thing, I was in basic training. So my 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 dad said to me the day that I left, he's like, "I'll see you at the end. Don't don't call your mum. Don't speak to your mum. Don't do anything. I'll see you at the end." And so I ended up going through Royal Marines training, eight and a half months, eight and a bit months of Royal Marines training. Passed out on the core birthday, twenty eighth October, and then went into my career as it were and first deployment. I went away. I did the first Afghan. I think it was like two thousand one, two thousand two, and. Uh, because I spent the first part of my career dealing with no training because of foot and mouth. And uh, while I was deployed on my first trip away of seven months, my parents moved and didn't tell me. So, uh, <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> because my, cause my dad, once again, is just like that. And, uh, and yeah, I rolled into 16, 17 years of, of tour after tour and, you know, hit it at the perfect time or the worst time, depending on how you look at it, but perfect time for me. And uh, just ran it, yeah, for 16 years. Enjoyed every minute of it. But like I said, it's it, when it gets taken away from you, it's a bit harsh. And the difficult thing that we don't talk about when you're medically discharged is you end up looking back and seeing your friends, the, your peer group, in effect, and they're all being promoted into positions that you wanted yeah. to achieve and you aimed for. Yeah. And then you just can't do it. Like It's like for, for, for your entire career, you focus on a goal, and then suddenly someone's taken out the path to that goal. It's like you know deep down that you could still achieve it. You're just not allowed to. So that's the that was a tough thing for me. But, you know, it is what it is. You've just got to focus on, you know, what's good in life, you know, your kids, that kind of thing, and, and move forward. And that's the thing that's kept me going. And that's the thing that got me in, involved with, you know, the likes of, of Boyd and, and Greg and Turbo and, and the rest of the guys is that, you know, and I joked before about the stubbornness, but one thing you don't really get a lot in civilian street is that cheerfulness in the face of adversity. Yeah. You know, that that positivity, that group of people that you know they don't care if it's yeah. they don't care if it's the worst of times. They're gonna joke about it and then you're gonna get joked on. And that's just the way that it is. Yeah. I know Scott's probably right now wondering the same thing I am. What happened to the <laughs> buddy that you went to the recruiting office with? <clears throat> he I think he works in IT now. <laughs> okay did he end up joining the air force no he didn't he didn't end up joining no <laughs> okay in fact he's a banker he's a with, he's not even he works in a bank with a b or a w I've with, got less, but yeah he's probably more the second one no he's a good lad i still <laughs> i still speak to him now and then it's good to kind of go back didn't even move out of the town still stories in, bob yeah he, yes. okay now you got to tell uh your story because bob's probably wondering okay why did we ask that question so I, I went along to uh the swansea recruiter's office with uh with my mate who, who was wanted to join up because he'd seen the uh, remember the old frank adverts for the mm -hmm. army and uh, he, he went along to uh, to join up uh, in the marines he wanted to join 
and I was sat out exactly the same as you, sat in the uh, in the foyer, the career's office, and an army sergeant come along and said, uh, "Come, coming in here and have a go at this computer test." <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm signed signed up and off I go. Same thing, two yeah. tickets turn up for uh, for Jib Barracks in Camberley. Off you go. <laughs> yeah, am I supposed to and, play football on the weekend? <laughs> and, uh, and he never joined up either. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how it works out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, so. Well, I'm dying to talk about this company that you guys have founded because I think it's a really cool thing that you guys are doing. I I want to say that I heard it in many other circles. You know, of course, you guys have been all over the news in different ways and media, you know, describing what you guys have done here and created. Uh, but I want to get into the ground roots of it, of how it was actually formed, you know, what was the genesis behind it and everything, some of the hard work that uh, came into actually creating it. And then uh, I, I want to talk about some of the good that this thing really has, because uh, there's some really cool things in terms of honoring. And, uh, you know, we talked about some of these things here in teamwork or those types of things, things that you want to be able to take with you. And, and we'll cover that in a little bit more. But give me a little bit of the genesis of how this whole thing kind of came about. I mean, were you guys just kind of sitting at a bar stool one day and uh, it popped into your head or how did the whole thing happen? Well, I know I appreciate you asking me. Um I watched a great YouTube video, which basically said, if you want to be successful, you don't talk about what your product is. You talk about why the product is, right? So this product is about staying connected to what inspires you. That, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Whatever inspires you. It's not for a SEAL. It's not for a, a fitness person. It's for anyone in the world that has something that inspires and motivates them. It's just a way f to take them with you in a tattoo for the rest of your life. Um, so to go back to your original question... It's actually a great story. The inventor of the product is a great American named Patrick Duffy. Uh, so he had his own foundation where he took wounded warriors and gold star moms, which I know you guys are all familiar with, gold star families, mm -hmm. uh, on his own dime uh, initially before the foundation was started down to Key Largo in Florida to basically teach them how to dive. He was a master diver, him and his, his father, and that's what their way uh, to give back. Um, so one day he's underwater and he, uh, he sees a leg go by. One of the first Gold Star moms from back in the day, a 2002 time frame, happened to be the wife of a Navy SEAL that just died, one of the early casualties of the war. And she had a SEAL trident on her leg. Uh, and in that, in that instant, in that moment, as the leg's going by his mask, he's like, how do I take that tattoo and turn it maybe into more of a reliquary? more of a totem. A lot of guys in this that I'm speaking to, you guys for sure know totems and mm -hmm. good luck charms. But he's like, how can I take that tattoo and make it a reliquary, put a physical element of that person that inspires her, her husband in this case, in that tattoo? So we basically spent the next two years deciding if he should do it. So he learned the ecosystem of the um, tattoo community. He went all over the world and just talked with tattoo artists. and Because what he didn't want to do was create something that would disrupt an industry that's been around for 2,000 years. So every tattoo artist that he came across said, no, I actually I see what you got because I know why people get tattoos. Basically two reasons, sentimental value and personal expression. There's a small percentage that get liquored up and get something on their lower back, but most of them, for the most part, is they have meaning to it. And so they understood that if they were to take the DNA of someone that inspires them and safely add it to a tattoo where it's going to stay forever, that adds something that, that creates uh, an added value to an, an amazing industry, being the tattoo industry. So then he spent the next two years, again, all self-funded, um, 
finding out if he could do it. And he, he met some polymer chemist a lot by chance, one of the best in the world. Her name's Edith Mathiewicz. She's up at Brown. She's our head scientist for polymer chemistry. Her whole life has been built around delivering drugs uh, to organs in the body, using the polymer that we use for our product. And uh, she says, yeah, I can do that. You know, my drugs, I'm used to being much harder than that. You're just asking it to stay in the dermis forever, like ink. That's easier to do. And then, then he met some more scientists on the safety side, and, uh, and they patented it. <clears throat> so we have the patent for adding uh, synthetic DNA uh, through our patent process uh, to a tattoo. And we also have the patents for sand and water and plants. Um, uh, those will be the future. Uh, what we have now that the world will see um, is adding DNA to a tattoo safely. And then I'll pause real quick right there, see if I missed anything, I'll let Bob add anything, and, and then see what other questions you might have. No, to, to me, it's like the team is everything. I really, really can't say enough good things about this team and all the meetings we've had over the years and, and getting everyone together. I always look forward to it. But it's like everyone has that same mindset. It's like that same mindset we were talking earlier on. There's like this hidden drive, this thing that that runs everyone parallel to each other with their mindset and you know it's it's a hugely positive group and you know, i always come away feeling like i've been like charged like it's like energizing and so it's, for me it's it's what yes it's it's about what what is you're you're connected to that inspires you but to me it's also that thing that that gives you strength you know when you're at your weakest you know you we all have that memory when we're away on a deployment when we're we're kind of on century on like the sixth week out away in the field and you're like okay yeah i'm looking forward to going home to buy this i'm looking forward to go home and get this for the first couple of weeks and then afterwards you're like you know i'm doing this for my family i'm doing this for my friends i'm doing this for my loved ones and that to me was everything you know sometimes when you think about um like memories and that kind of thing when it comes to tattoos generally they're all about loss they're all about people right. getting a tattoo to remember something. Someone's lost something. There's a lot of people out there that get, get tattoos to drive them forward. It's not all about looking backwards. It's about moving forward and remembering something that was in your past, but remembering that it's in your past and, and it should stay there. But then also about, you know, having that thing that, that motivates you, that drives you, that moves you. And, and like we were talking about earlier on, it's there's something ingrained within you anyway, but not everyone's got that. Some people, they need to, to hold on to something. They need that thing that, that helps them. They need that memory of their father, their, their, you know, their mother, their loved one, their, the place they grew up in as a kid when they move away. You know, some people don't like moving away. It's like that kind of thing. So I was definitely drawn to this for a lot of different reasons. The group of people that are in it is the main one, but the idea behind it and the chance to put people on a positive path and help people move in a positive direction to me was, you know, if, if you could do that with only a handful of people, then I feel like we've succeeded. It's such, it's such a great product for me. I mean, Bob and I have spoken offline uh, prior to this uh, about it because I saw it on Instagram and, and you know, it, it's such a great thing. It's got so many positive attributes to it for people for both remembrance, but like Bob said, and it summed it up perfectly there for me, it's about moving forward as well as looking back in the past. It's it's such a great thing you're doing. It's I can't say enough good about it, really. You know, I, could, I appreciate it. Thank you. I could certainly see this in so many different ways. And hearing you talk about it and the passion from both of you, I mean, I could see it. 
uh, from individuals, you know, of course, that are trying to remember those loved ones or friends or whatever that they lost in a combat situation, especially for those that are military or veterans. But then I can also see it like you were talking about, maybe as a way of honoring and remembering those of us that were on a team together, those of us that served in a combat situation together, those of us who served going through some level of training or just, you know, in other words, we want to somehow be connected forever. And like you say, sometimes you get those trinkets or you get a bracelet or you get some type of, you know, thing that you actually try to uh, hold on to uh, that you can kind of share. In some cases, it might be even the coins or you know, challenge coins or something like that, where you, when you meet, you, you get your own challenge coin created or something of that nature. I never would have thought about it in being the form of a tattoo. And of course, when you start thinking about as well, how the tattoos arrived or, you know, the time that tattoos have been around, especially in the Polynesian community. I mean, they've been around for centuries and I got to believe in it, even in those time frames that they probably used, um, you know, the blood or something of that nature to help make the inkwells for them to be able to, to do the tattooing. And, and back then, of course, those primitive ways of actually using the, the stick and the kind of, you know, thumping or hammer type of uh, approach very painful as well. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, I haven't gotten my my tattoo yet. I'm actually getting it next Monday, my first tattoo. Um, like all of you guys, you've, you've had the fortune of working with heroes your whole life, and you've sort of taken that for granted. But my wife uh, is my hero. Um, she's 50. She has cystic fibrosis, and she still runs half marathons, full marathons, Spartan races, you know, and to see what she does every day with her breathing treatments at morning and night and at lunch, you know, while she's sitting at her desk, that's what inspires me, I know. And for me to get the tattoo of her lungs, which is what cystic fibrosis affects, is going to just carry with me forever. And uh, the tattoo design is going to be super cool. I got a guy named Frank Romano, good hero of mine up, up in New York. He's designing it for me. And it's going to basically be this design of some lungs that's going to have red and black roses on it. I'm going to take her reverence, her encapsulated DNA, and put it in the red roses, you know, and then you see the black effect, uh, the roses being black uh, to show the effects of cystic fibrosis. So mm. everyone that I've talked to has a story like that um, wow. about what inspires them. Bob's is powerful. It brings tears to my eye about, you know, his travels. And, you know, I've seen my good buddy Turbo, you know, be on the table getting a tattoo with tears in his eyes because he just got his daughter's DNA added to his tattoo. And he's got like 12 tattoos. I saw you the know, one, uh, the video with it was uh, the red in the eyes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, if you look really close, he's all teared up and the tattoo artist is teared up. It's this huge sort of, you know, emotional thing. And uh, but he got out of there and he's actually told me, he's like, Boyd, when I'm traveling, I'll reach up and it's that little eye, you know, and not people will be like, what are you doing? You know, and and so that just makes me so happy to be part of this team. And, and I'll let Bob tell you about his. But uh, it's you know, it's it, I just love being part of it. Yeah. So mine, I'm kind of sway in between a couple of different ones only because um, I want to focus a lot more on the positivity side of things um, with mine. Um, mine is just my son. Um, moving forward, I mean, I have a, a nine-year-old daughter and I have a two-and-a-half-year-old son. Um, but I want to kind of just get a tattoo with 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 his in there. I already have a tattoo, which is very personal to me, that I got way before that I um, before I got involved in this. I've, you know, I've, we've all uh, because of the nature of the work we were in over the time period we were, we were in. You know, I lost best part of 60 friends and I can't even remember how many of those I carried myself into into the ground and it's an unfortunate 
situation to be in and then you end up only meeting friends at funerals and weddings for 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 god knows how long the issue being that with that is i got to a point after an incident where 30 something of my friends all passed away on a crash that i uh i ended up just getting a full sleeve tattoo and then commemorating everyone all at once and for me it's about the pathway of which it took me because um i'm a great believer that you have to deal with your problems head on if you don't they'll hit you in the back of the head yeah. later on in life yeah sooner or later and and so i ended up getting my my this sleeve which is the stages of loss so the bottom half of my sleeve is about the moments when you find out the remembrance there's the beer bottles down here the music the el mariachi playing down here and you know the 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 the, the day of the dead stuff on the bottom and then the elbow is the vengeance and then at the top is is the 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 aftermath, the feeling of release, the dealing with it, and the moving on. And I kind of felt like I needed that in a lot of way because, I mean, when you get, I mean, we all deployed. I'm I forget how many times I went overseas, but you all get to the point where you just come back and you have that moment of like zenness where you're back and you've dealt with everything and and you face everything and you've dealt with everything and you move on. And that's kind of what I wanted to put it to bed when I when when I got towards the end of my career where it was like you know yes we did it yes we mourned yes we dealt the necessary blows to deal with that and then yes we moved on and and i think that that's pertinent to a lot of walks in our life that that kind of or i've taken it forward anyway for a lot of walks in my life one of the things i learned about the uh, the program that you guys have too is that if you have an existing tattoo as i understand it if there was an opportunity for that you wanted to actually add something to that, like you guys said, if there was a, a memory, whether it was a location and you wanted to take the sand from that location and, and apply it to it or some DNA or something of that nature, you could actually do that to an existing tattoo. So um, for those who have, you know, already have tattoos and they want to honor it even further in some capacity, either through the positive aspect of it or, you know, in remembrance and honoring, I think it's kind of cool that you get, you can actually do that to an existing one and that you don't have to just go then try and think of a brand new tattoo, you know, and apply it again. And you don't even need to get a tattoo. You oh, can really? just have it put in, you just, you can just have it put into the skin through, through a, through a tattoo needle, through the tattoo needle that you use. You don't necessarily need to put it in ink. So just underneath the, the dermis then? Just wow. underneath it. Yeah. But then, so here's an interesting story about that. My dad is, he's going to probably kill me if he hears that he's about 70 years old. He was born in 52, 51. And uh, so he he's had tattoos, and he's always said to me, he's like, I got my tattoos when I was a junior soldier. He joined in 66. I think you got his tattoos in, like, 1968. He's had them ever since. And he's always said, I don't really regret them, but I wish I didn't have them. Yeah. But it's like, and then when I discussed this with him, when I discussed this kind of what we were doing and, and everence with him, his thing was, I really want that. I really want my grandkids' DNA put into my existing tattoo. This is like an almost 70-year-old man yeah. saying this. And he's like, I want this. I want my grandkids' DNA put into my arm. I'm going to put him into my existing... And then he starts pointing onto his arm where he wants it Where done. he wants he's it. Like, I want this done here. And this is a guy that's like, I wish I didn't have my tattoo. So yeah. it's like, you know, you get to that stage in your life, you know, where you want to move You want to move on. And, and there's a great video. There's a re- If you watch any video, Johnny Walker's video, on Everence's webpage, right. when he talks about his kids and wanting to move on to another place and having them with him is heartbreaking. And if you can watch the full video, I think I think Boyd put the full video on his 
um, LinkedIn page. If you can watch the full video, it's it's like you have one of those who's who's smoking cigars in the room with me moments where you're like looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome, though, that you can actually do it that way. I had no clue that you didn't have to get a tattoo and that you could actually just apply it underneath the dermis with a with a tattoo needle. And, and mm-hmm. so are these special locations that you have to go to in order to have this done or you just take it to any tattoo artist? Yeah, so any tattoo artist can do it. You know, if a tattoo artist hadn't heard about it, uh, we recommend they go to our webpage, which they'll see some instructional videos. They'll see all of our, you know, um, FDA and, and ISO certified lab information. Um, you know, and then, of course, if they have any questions, they can certainly reach reach out to, um, you know, our helpline um, but no, you just add it to an existing tattoo. You add it to your skin with a carrier solution. You could put it on your mantle. Um, we've recently done a commemorative painting to the seal compound at Bud's where we've actually added it to a beautiful painting that wow. uh, the, the, uh, Patrick had um, donated where we've taken sand and water and uh, actual concrete from the Bud's compound and added it into this beautiful painting uh, by Mr. Uh, James Dietz. And so the painting now sits at the quarter deck, you know, the, the entranceway of the compound. And inside that compound, is, inside that painting, is actual evidence of those three elements. Now, you know, I'll caveat that with right now the world's going to see DNA first because that's what our lab's set up for. But, uh, yeah, I think in the future you'll be seeing people do this, you know, uh, in jewelry, you'll see it doing an artwork. Um, you'll see someone put it on their mantle. Um, one of my best friends, a police officer, he got the product of his three kids right before uh, he passed away uh, from cancer that he got at 9-11 at the tower. And he just took the capsules with him on his journey. Um, so that was pretty powerful as well. So, you know, it's just a good thing to be part of a, something like this and, and hear about how people are using it. And just to jump onto the back of what you were saying about, you know, us using our spare time, having to travel around to, to set up an ISO certified lab and, and serious to stuff. do all it's serious stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's serious stuff to set all that up, to organize it, to, to go through all that kind of thing. And, you know, the work that you have to do, the, you know, you're traveling on weekends when you should be spending time with your families and all that kind of stuff. But just to piggyback onto the back of that, we also did a, a Royal Marines painting as well for um, a, an op called Cockle Shell Heroes. The, the Cockle Shell Heroes is the name of the movie, but the op was Op Frankton. And it was 12 young guys that, that went in in canoes out the Atlantic and, and canoed down the, the Gironde in, in just outside Blay in France, in Bordeaux. And 12 of them went in, only two of them survived through an E&E plan 800 miles down to Gibraltar. And these are all like, you know, 12 guys that got executed, that kind of thing. They were like 19, 18, 19, 20 years old during World War II when they placed limpet mines on the side of the German boats and blew it up. And Winston Churchill said that it, it shortened the war, the war by six months. So we went over to France and collected the sand from where their the boats, their canoes came in and, and brought it back to the labs and then had uh, an amazing artist by the name of Derek Camplin uh, put together a painting, um, which not many people will see because it was donated to a certain group. But it was, you know, having the Everstar, the, the, that's what we call putting the Everance in the stars. We worked out what the exact constellation of the stars were at the night of wow. the raid. Oh, that is crazy. You're giving me chills, man. That's and then, crazy. And then, and then put the Everance into those stars, but only into 10 of the stars <sighs> because 10 of the guys passed away. And then we painted, or I, I, we're not saying we painted. I definitely didn't paint them. We don't want any stick, man. Um, <laughs> uh, there was... 
two guys in the canoe and they were the only two that survived and the, the people that were overlooking them were in the star constellation of of, of the of as so if they'd have looked up at the point of them planting in the, the limpet mines they would have seen that um star constellation which was i thought was was an amazing touch by patrick to even think about that let alone you know allow us to to do it dude if i was and then donate it to the charity as well i mean i i could definitely see a family member like if i were a family member of that and heard that story i'd go hey you know i don't even have tattoos but i'd be like all right that's a tattoo i want and i want it just remembered the exact same way and for my ancestor make one of the stars you know what i mean it would be like mm-hmm. I, what what a cool story and of course the way you talked about your sleeve and everything was very cool as well um in describing that i, I think it's such a cool way that you guys are are trying to help both in the positive aspect as well as uh, remembrance and all those types of things. And like you said, there are so many different ways that you can do this. I'm curious if people are going to look at this or listen and go, okay, I got a question for you. As you're going through this process of the DNA, how much of this is, you know, are you taking the 23 chromosomes? Can somebody actually, you know, get their hands on this and yada, yada, you know what I'm talking about, you know, concerns over the DNA aspect of it. Again, another great question, brother. And, um, so what we do is you'll get a saliva collection kit in the mail. The, the business is a direct-to-consumer product. So when you get your saliva kit, it's just like 23andMe, you sure. know, a little cheek swab. You send it back. What we do then at the lab, the ISO-certified lab, is we extract that DNA. We then uh, take a strand of non-coding DNA. So the simplest term was if my first three initials were B-O-Y, we're going to do B-O-Y, not B-O-Y-D. So non-coding and then what we do is we amplify that strand of non-coding DNA, you know, thousands of times. So any third-party can, lab can verify that, hey, that's Boyd, and then, uh, but it's non-coding. And then what we do is we purify it, so get rid of any impurities that might be left over, whatever, and then we encapsulate it. And the best way to think of that is we encapsulate it like a golf ball, and that golf ball's outer shell is called PMMA. It's the most widely used polymer in medicine already. Same polymer as a hip replacement or derma fillers or contact lenses. We encapsulate that golf ball and then we send you back a little vial of a million little golf balls. You know, it looks like little fine white powder. And then the tattoo artist would just add the ink to that bucket of golf balls. And because these, uh, these encapsulated DNA are so small, two, we're talking two, three, four microns, and so perfectly round because of our process, the body doesn't attack it as a foreign body. Um, the macrophages just ignore it, just like they ignore the ink. They don't build up scar tissue around it. They don't um, attack it. Um, and then it stays right there in the dermis forever. Now, you know, I'll, I'll, again, I'll caveat that with some percentage, very small, are going to be allergic to the polymer, just, just by the nature of being allergic to leucite. So we recommend that the, you know, the consumer put it in a very small section first, like say the eyeball of your mm-hmm. tattoo, and just watch it just like you would the ink. Now, we believe the percentages are way smaller than people are, say, allergic to red ink. Um, some, a lot of some people are allergic to that. But, you know, our lawyers have to tell us that there will be that small percentage. So that's part of our guidance on our website is take your precautions, you know, and just like any other product or cosmetic, which that's what we are classified as the FDA as a cosmetic, you could potentially have some sort of reaction to that. So, but uh, I don't, did I miss anything, Bob? Did, did you got anything no. to add? No, that was all. That was all pretty much spot on. 
Yeah, I, and I think the fact that you guys mentioned you're, you're talking key terms here. I mean, you start talking FDA, you talk, start talking ISO, CGMP. I mean, these are highly regulated organizations that require constant um, audits as well as certifications. And so uh, ongoing, so it's not like a one and done and they never come back around. These guys come around often. So you have to maintain that certification. And, uh, you know, so I, I think it's really important to, to point that out, that this is what we're talking about here is serious stuff. That's partly the reason for why it was such a long process. Yeah. You know, we wanted to make sure that we were fully, you know, on the right track and on and covering everything we needed to. You you got to do it these days and and tick all the, the boxes, I guess, and you and, and get it right. But when, when's it coming to the UK, Boyd? So right now we have patents pending uh, in eighteen different countries. The UK being one of them. Uh, right now we have to just do the best we can in the U.S. so we get the capital and we can crack the nuggets of uh, the FDA equivalent in the U.K. for the product, which, uh, you know, um, sending that sort of human sample, you know, mm -hmm. to the U.K. and back, you know, that's a different process. So right now we're focusing in the U.S. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to make sure that process is 100%. We're going to determine if we got to build a bigger lab. You know, right now our lab's fairly small as we determine the market size of this and the scale. And uh, but I, I have to, to answer that's a long answer to your question is that we want to get there as soon as possible. Uh, you know better than I do. The UK is very passionate about tattoos. It's mm. its own ecosystem of uh, culture, just like the U.S. And uh, you know, I, I guarantee there's guys just like you and Bob. They're just you know they'd love to have some sort of inspiration in their tattoo, knowing knowing how the Brits are with that stuff. It's it, it's a game changer for me, you know, and you, you touched on it earlier, Boyd, about tattoos being around for thousands of years and they've been around in, in pretty much the same form, you know, the design of the tattoo changes, but the, the actual process of it, um, technique may change, but the, the, the process, the mechanics of it is the same, but you've introduced now a brand new element to it. And there's, like I said earlier, there's so many great applications for, for people doing this. And to hear you talking about um, other media being able to go into it as well, or even putting the, the, the DNA or the substances into alternative medias like the paint and things, it's it's such a great application. And it's a complete game changer for for remembrance and positivity and and honoring and all those good words you know that uh, particularly the mi military community is built around but also it, it it goes completely across the board and it isn't just a military thing and and whilst you know many of you were military within the team you brought this also you've got ones you aren't you know and it, it's it's such it, it's truly a global thing really yeah and and if you Boyd, if you don't mind me jumping in here, I appreciate you saying that. That's it's it's our goal to to kind of make sure that everyone across the board does see this and does, and the scientists that are involved in it, like Bruce, he has an amazing story that no doubt it'll eventually come out. But it's not my place to talk about it. Um, but one thing I would say is we're not trying to um, we're not trying to change the game in tattooing. Tattooing is already this. I mean, I've got like closest friends that are tattoo artists, and that's exactly what they are, artists. This is mm. something more for the consumer side of things, for the people that are getting the tattoo done. Um, we don't really want to change anything in the tattoo world because the tattoo world is, has been around for so long. And because it's 
so passionate and because it's so full of of amazing things already i mean you know before like i said i got my tattoo done prior to us even working on this so all we're trying to do is introduce something positive to the to the world basically to to all the people that might want it and then have it embraced by everyone across the board you know and thankfully we've 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 got a group of really good people with us here that that are a lot more smarter than me but equally as passionate as me about this so it's been good well this is something that'll definitely strike a chord regardless of uh, generation age country origin whatever i mean this is something that uh, kind of bridges it all if you really think about it you know uh, and I know that uh, I could just see uh, Mike's eyes when you were talking about the history side of it. So Mike's a history teacher now uh, that he separated off active duty in high school. So when you were you were hitting on his uh, heartstrings there when you were describing all that good uh, that good history. I'm on the website ordering a kit. So that's I've got I've got hey, some ideas. Hey, I'm, get with me afterwards. I'll send you my code so you get a discount. Right, right on. Thank you. I, Boy, when you're talking about the types of people that have tattoos, I'm the I'm the kind of guy that just likes the art, you know. And I'm I'm sleeved on both sides. My back's done. My chest is done. Uh, and I've got a couple of tattoos that my kids and I planned together and went and got when they were first getting awesome. their first tattoos. Uh, but I've I've got a couple ideas that have been to work set that are much more you know deeper and, and meaningful about family over the last few months. So this is something that I'm, I'm when I, when Robert reached out to me and, and sent me the link, I mean, I was, I was excited about it. I've been on the website every day. Um, and, and I'm, 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 I'm going to take the leap. And I think Robert probably needs to get a tattoo at some point too. So we <laughs> Well, you guys are definitely uh, talking me into it. And I love the fact that you can actually do it even without the tattoo. And I could, I mean, I can't wait till you guys actually start doing this in paintings and all that, making it more broader, like you're talking about, because my God, I, I could see people who are just not into tattoos doing this. And I have a, I have a family situation um, that I won't mention here on air and everything, but that, um, is very close to me as well, and 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 uh, I mean, this just like really, really touched me. Uh, what you guys are talking about? What we call everyone's stories. You know, everyone has one. You know, yeah. everyone has their own story, and you know, people sometimes kind of forget that. But but on a positive note, imagine having the grass from Minneapolis if you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, oh. you, you you go into a bar with that, you're going to be the number one fan. Yeah, no lie. Oh, my God. So, so the, the father, uh, you know, Patrick Duffy, he's as he's solid as they come. You know, he just got a beautiful, if you look on my Instagram page or the main Instagram page, it's the most beautiful tattoo you'll ever see, in my opinion. It's, uh, it's one on his arm. It's from Treasure Island. And uh, it's the most detailed tattoo I think I've seen uh, in person and on, on Instagram. But anyway... In those birds on that Treasure Island tattoo is his granddaughter, right? And then also in that tattoo, just because that's the type of guy he is, he actually took a little shaving of his Harley Davidson, and we went ahead and took care of business for him and uh, encapsulated that because, you know, that's what inspires him. That's what's so dang great about it is, yeah, you know, it's just whatever inspires you, and if it happens to be your Harley, then so be it. Oh now his Harley, Harley's riding him. I'm looking at that tattoo right now. That that's cool. Very detailed. You're right. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's uh, Ed, isn't Ed, it? Ed Slocum out of Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Unbelievably yeah. talented artist. There's another lady that 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 got tattooed recently. Um, Ashley Horner. Her videos yep. on uh, um, yep. mine and uh, Boyd's 
Instagram as well. And if you look at her, she had an amazing one of she had her three kids DNA put into wolves and then her overlooking the wolf pack. I saw her tra- video on her page recently. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Unbelievable story. And Ed was the one that did her tattoo as well. Such a great, great tattoo artist. I mean, when you were talking about artists and stuff, there's no doubt about it. When you can find you a good tattoo artist and somebody that really loves their craft, um, they're they're pretty amazing. I mean, I've I've seen some that just blow me away that actually should be on a wall somewhere. Yeah, uh, they're just so beautiful, and and that's part of the reason why I think some people like you know Mike was talking about the reason why he got them. It's kind of that way. It's a, a way of actually honoring, or in terms of just having art a certain story or something like that that's hidden message behind it. And uh, I know somebody that actually got a, a full body uh, and each one of those tattoos represents something, whether it's honoring a, a fellow veteran or somebody, a friend that passed away, or it's a, a family member. And like you said, more in a positive aspect of things that tell the story. And, and when I bring up again, Polynesian, I mean, their tattoos actually uh, in their designs, if you're not Polynesian, you may not know all the intricate aspects that are within each of those tattoos that certain symbols yeah. mean it's certain things. Tree, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. And when you, in some of them, you know, they get it uh, at a very young age, and it actually tells their whole life story on their body. And so it's just really cool when you start thinking about that. So the way that I understand it is they don't even choose where it goes. Is that right? Well, see, I can... Uh, I, I mean, can... I could get corrected on that, but I believe that, that the... I think it's the elder or something tells them where the tattoo is going to be. Well, my daughter uh, actually was tattooed by a Polynesian artist, and um, the guy is just amazing. And he actually was told the story, and she relayed everything to him and everything, and she didn't know what he was doing. And like you said, it was just him hearing her <laughs> and putting You've got to it... trust that to it. Oh, that you artist. do, man, most definitely, you know? And I mean, it's amazing, uh, but uh, that's that's like you said, that's kind of what uh, ends up happening. And uh, you know, more people go in there and they actually see something they're picking out. Yeah, let me get number twenty-seven up here on the wall, you know, type of thing, like the T-shirt store. You know, when you when you get a chance to actually embrace it and tell your own story in some way, it's pretty cool. And we we've uh, one thing that I've been really lucky about with this whole journey we've been on for these last few years is is meeting some of these like what are considered really world famous tattoo artists and really great tattoo artists and then just meeting them on a person level you know i mean some really good good human beings as well and we're really i can't my my favorite thing like i said is this group of people i can't speak highly enough about the group of people that are involved in this from the tattoo artist to edith the scientist that come up with it all and i love the way her brain works and i love the way that she laughs even more and you know the the, all the way through to the team guys that are involved with it, you know, people that I respected when I worked with them, all the way, you know, across to Patrick, who who invented it, and his family, me and his family, because this is a close team that has worked on this from the start. And, you know, it's it's really, really good because it feels like it's a family that's pushing it through. That's going to be so important to maintain, too, as you guys move forward, because I can really see this thing blowing up. And, you know, it's that kind of passion of what you guys are doing that will be infused into the product. And when you think about the product, that's what it is, is, you know, it's usually providing some kind of purpose. I mean, obviously, some people will get it for other reasons, but 
Um, the stories you guys have relayed and it, to me is just pretty fantastic. What are the ways in which people can learn more about this? You know, Mike was talking about he's hitting up the website. and So maybe share a little bit about uh, people can follow you on social media. I know I put you guys up on our page and our story thing to try to get some some movement. Hopefully some people followed you and such. But, I mean, I know you're on Instagram. You're, I think, on Facebook. You're also on um, website. So give them all of the uh, the ways that they can reach out and touch you and learn more about it. I, th- I think you hit them all, brother. I think, uh, you know, if you go to our website down towards the bottom, you'll see all the, the Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook feeds. Obviously, Everance.life uh, be in the website. Um, some great articles have come out. If you go to Forbes or Inc. or New York Times and just Google the company and, and the product, you know, there's some very powerful um, articles by some pretty respectful artists. Um, coming up here uh, in about two weeks, me and uh, Patrick are going out. We're going to uh, San Diego. ABC is going to do um, a special on us, uh, big tattoo community. So that should be kind of neat. You know, doubt me and Patrick look that good on TV. So hopefully they got some, <laughs> some good some good artist or something. But uh, yeah, so that'll be good. Um, what else we got? I think uh, I got in the next couple days, I got an interview with Salute Magazine, which uh, I think is, is right up our alley. Uh, they're they're really interested. So yeah, I mean, you'll see a lot of publicity out there and social media. Like, I'm not a big social media guy. I'm learning, but uh, you know, our Instagram page has got some powerful, powerful videos that'll that'll choke you up. Some of them, but oh, yeah. also inspire you at the same time. I totally agree. Definitely encourage people to go check us out or check them out. One thing I would say is YouTube Everance underscore Life. That's where we we've got our own channel there now, where you can pretty much go and see all the videos we spoke about. Um, I would definitely check out Johnny Walker's. It's one of my favorite. Uh, I think it's Brenner 350 uh, on Instagram and then Bob's Eye View on Instagram. And then outside of that, I just try and stay on Instagram. I'm good with that. Yeah, I hear so you. The rest of it's too much for me. <laughs> I hear you. Bob Boyd, appreciate you both coming on, man, telling your stories. And not only that, but talking about your, your company. I wish you nothing but the best of success. And if there's any way we can help you guys out, just let us know. Love helping fellow veterans. And I know that this is one of the things that is dear to Scott and his company at Veteran Owned UK as well. And some of the things he tried to, tries to do is get the word out about veteran-owned companies and helping try to build that network of support. So, again, thank you guys. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for all you guys do for, for guys like us, man. I c- couldn't thank you enough. Um, and let me know if I can do anything for you on the, on the mentor side, you know, speak on just transition. I, I'm happy with that. I don't have to speak about the company at all. If you just want me to speak about my, uh, my journey over the last year, I'm happy to do that. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. Hey everyone, Robert here. I love supporting veteran-owned companies and Mentors for Military recently partnered with Skeleton Optics to offer a 10% discount to our listeners. That's right, 10%. These aren't your regular run-of-the-mill sunglasses, by the way. The frames are handcrafted in Italy with Zeiss Vision lenses. Use the code MENTORSFORMIL or MENTORS4MIL at SkeletonOptics.com and you'll receive your 10% discount automatically at checkout. Hurry up and get on over there to support a veteran-owned company.